Welcome to Detox for Vibrant Health. This show is all about simple ways to detox your body, mind, and environment so you can reclaim your vibrant health and live the life of your dreams. I'm your host, Jessica Green, board-certified holistic health coach, detoxification specialist, and sustainable building expert. Today's episode is all about mold. Toxic mold is present in roughly 50% of all homes in the U.S. About 25 to 30% of the population are extremely sensitive to mold toxins. In other words, they feel their effects within 15 minutes of being in a mold-contaminated building. But even if you're not predisposed genetically to be sensitive to mold toxins, they can still affect you. My guest today, Jen Maleka, joined me for this interview to share her experience with mold toxicity, and she shares how to test for it and how to detox your body. This is such important information. I hope you get as much value out of it as I have. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Detox for Vibrant Health. Today, I have Jen Maleka. She's a health coach, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, and the founder of Holistic Health Boss. She is on a mission to help health-minded people in growing their knowledge and with getting access to the right lab tests and resources so that they can find the missing pieces to their health and get back to the feeling uh like themselves again or for the very first time thank you for joining me today jen it's a pleasure to be here with you i'm excited to share some knowledge and enhance people's insights about health today fabulous well today our topic is going to be about mold and detoxing from mold and i'm super excited about this because i myself have had my own um, mold exposure in the past and recent labs that I've had run uh, indicate that I am high in a particular black mold that happens to be what happens when water leaks into a building and starts to grow something that looks black. So um, <laughs> to keep it simple. <laughs> um, and, you know, I know my experience is going to be different from everyone else's experience and you have your own personal experience. So I'd really love to hear a little bit more about that journey, that story. What happened? Well, it's quite the, the interesting story because mold is not something that most people would usually suspect. And I definitely didn't suspect it in the beginning either. And just to kind of preface, you know, the mold story a little bit is that, you know, I came from a background in fitness and nutrition as a personal trainer, and I had gotten into functional um, medicine or functional health coaching back in 2012. Once I started noticing that the typical um, recommendations of calories in versus calories out diet and exercise stuff really weren't working as effectively as we're, as we're told that they're supposed to. And I myself was having health issues as well that were accumulating and accruing over time, such as seasonal allergies that would result in ear infections that would wipe me out for days on end. And then at the age of 24, I was diagnosed with skin cancer, even though I had no 
pre-existing conditions or family history that would indicate that I was a likely subject of skin cancer. And that really triggered me to explore the world of, of functional health more. And I came across the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition uh, Certification Program, dove into that. And through that program, you get to do some functional lab testing on yourself. So lo and behold, through that lab testing, I found that I had hormone imbalances, um, bacterial overgrowth in my digestive system, a congested liver, and high oxidative stress, which is cellular or DNA damage, basically an indication of uh, rapid aging. And so it was no wonder why I had, you know, how I had cultivated this environment in my body for cancer, even though I was quote unquote the healthiest person that, that I knew, like every time I would go to my annual physicals, they would say that I was the picture of perfect health on paper and they wished all of their patients were like me because I ate healthy, like broccoli and you know boneless, skinless chicken breast and exercised daily and drank water and my cholesterol and all the typical markers looked fine, even though I felt kind of crappy. So I dove in and, and fixed all of those things. And I'm very grateful to sit here and say, like, I'm over 10 years skin cancer free from all of that. And I've re, you know, re, initially reversed all that hormone dysfunction and cleaned up my liver and did all these wonderful things. And I was actually feeling absolutely amazing for um, a period of time. Like my 30th birthday was quite the milestone. Like I was at my best weight ever, got married that year, feeling better than I'd ever felt in my entire life. And I couldn't even imagine, you know, what it would be like to feel better than that. And then from that point forward, I left my corporate job and I started working from home as a functional health coach, you know, what I'm here talking about today. And slowly over time, my health started to decline again, once I started working from home and little things started popping up. Like I went to the dentist and, um, the dentist noticed that I was grinding my teeth, which is called the technical term for that is bruxism mm -hmm. and parasites and candida and yeast overgrowth can cause bruxism. So that led me to run a stool sample test on myself again. And, and lo and behold, I had, you know, overgrowth of stuff going on in the digestive system, even though I'd been supporting my body in this new and improved way for some period of time. And I thought that was kind of odd, but you know, things happen. So I, I went about like addressing that. And then I started having cystic acne. Like I've never had acne my entire life, like not even in my teenage years to the point where it was like on my back, it was on my face. Like I couldn't even look in the mirror without picking at my face. Cause it was just driving me crazy. And, and you know, that really met toys with your identity. Cause I was looking in the mirror, not recognizing really who I was physically. And then I started slowly putting on weight. So over the course of two years, I put on 15 pounds and, you know, my weight had fluctuated, um, over time, like maybe five pounds or so, but 15 was definitely a bigger swing than I had ever seen. And what really started to, um, kind of like, let me know that something was wrong, Jessica was, I started to have breakthrough periods, even though I was on the birth control pill and I also started having really tender and inflamed breasts to the point where at one point I had like a huge red streak on my breast and you could feel heat radiating, radiating off of it from the inflammation through two layers of clothing. Wow. I was like, something is not right here. And then immediately following that, I had a 12 day period. So I went to, I started doing research, like researching every women's health specialist, like when going to getting mammograms, like all this stuff. And, 
And it was really disappointing because every, you know, supposed female health specialist that I went to had no answers for me. Like I initially I went to my first doctor and she said, I've never seen or heard anything like that before. We should just keep an eye on it. And I'm thinking in my mind, uh, lady, this could be breast cancer. Like I'm not just going to sit around and keep an eye on it. Right. Right. And then I went to even kind of like a Chinese medicine, you know, person, and they wanted to put me on topical progesterone. And I was like, you, we, I'm not going to take bioidentical hormones when you can't tell me why, like, why is this happening? Um, and then I went to another specialist here in San Diego who also couldn't explain what was going on with me. And what I, some of the things that I kept getting feedback about was like, oh, at this point in time, I was around like 32, 33. So they're like, well, you're in your thirties, your hormones are changing. This is a natural part of aging. No. (laughs) Yeah. And this doctor literally said to me, she's like, well, do you think it's possible that you might've put on 15 pounds of muscle? And I was like, thinking to myself, do you even know anything about female physiology? Because it is absolutely like impossible for females to put on two pounds of muscle or 15 pounds of muscle. Like I used to, that would be huge. (laughs) I know. I was like, I used to compete in fitness competitions when I was a personal trainer. And even with a very strict, uh, workout routine and eating routine, I was lucky if I put on two pounds of muscles in like, you know, three months, um, from training hard like that. I was like, you don't even get it. Like, this is really sad. You don't understand physiology at all. And so I put on my, started to put on my thinking cap and I was going down the road of like, I was pretty much assuming I was estrogen dominant based on all the signs that I was having, like the prolonged period, the breast tenderness and the acne and the weight gain types of things that were going on. And it was at the tail, it was like divine intervention at the tail end of this 12 day period that I had. Um, I was still personal training at the time and I woke up that morning and my period had actually stopped. And so I trained a couple of clients in my home gym that I have here. And I went back and sat in my office and within two hours of sitting in my office, my period started again. And I was like, there's something in this room, like something's happening. And lo and behold, I like opened the closet door to get some shipping material out. And I look up at the ceiling and there's total black mold, like all over the ceiling of the closet. And just, it was our guest room. It was, I used it as my office. Um, I literally was, my desk was probably six inches away from that closet door, that sliding closet door. Mm -hmm. Had no idea how long the mold had been there. But I'll tell you this, like we had a Labrador retriever at the time. And if anybody knows anything about labs, they are at your feet by your side all the time. And my dog started having chronic digestive issues before I started having health problems. And that, and and even once we remediated the mold, we worked with him for years with chronic digestive issues until he finally actually passed from that. And so I, I always um, can't help but think that the mold, the mold exposure for him was huge as well too, you know? So immediately moved myself out of that place as the office started working at the, um, dining room table for a little bit. And the office that you see me sitting in here now is, is now my new home office. And we had kind of started to create this space and I came out here and started working and things got a little bit better. Um, but we were still in the exploratory phase and we had the professional mold testers come out and when they come, when they come out, they usually do like four different types of samples, like throughout the house that's included in a package. And 
they did all the samples in the house and they said, well, where do you want us to do the fifth one? And I was like, well, you know, for shits and giggles, let's do it in my office outside. And my office outside that you see me sitting in here now had stacky bocas that was 10 times worse than when it was in the house because we have a pool and unknowingly, this is our first time ever owning a home with a pool. It just seems normal for the pool pump to have water accumulated around it, right? And the pool pump is like literally right walled, uh, it's on the wall of my office and the pool pump had had a huge leak. Like when we finally looked at it, it was like not just dripping water, it was spraying water out of it. Onto um, the building. Onto the building. Ah, okay. So, you know, we then went about the business of remediating and cleaning up our home and um, I did, you know, testing and, and made even deeper changes to my lifestyle and how I supported my body. It had, it had triggered estrogen dominance for me because mold toxins create xenoestrogens in the body, which is like false estrogen that floats around in the body toxic wise. Um, it triggered Hashimoto's for me as well too. And so I immediately took action. Like I got off of birth control because um, I'd been on birth control for 17 years, which wasn't happening in my case and either, right? I'm sure you've talked about this at some point in time. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and went into like, okay, super detox my body. Like re let's reduce inflammation as much as possible. And, and I'm happy to say that I was able to reverse my Hashimoto's within six months and get off of medication and get the estrogen dominance under control. But it, it did take, you know, probably about a year's time to really for my body to fully recover. And then I would say that the process after that has even progressed to like, here I am sitting with you today at 37. And I actually feel better and healthier than I did at that age of 30 prior to the mold happening because of all the things that I've done, you know, to support my body. And so now I help people kind of through that same process, whether it's mold or something else that's going on with them health wise, basically. That is uh, an amazing story. And, you know, I know that uh, I've had friends that have also had mold issues as well as myself, and everyone's journey is a little bit different, but it's really interesting to see how that affected your health specifically, because, um, you know, I've heard other stories of different symptoms resulting from that mold toxicity. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've seen in your patients to give the listeners a little bit of a better idea for what kind of mystery symptoms could be attributed to mold toxicity and or even uh, disease? Yeah, and it really could be a wide variety of things because symptoms are often far removed from whatever the root cause is. So symptoms are the last thing to show up in a dysfunctional state. And um, I love, you know, Dr. Tom O'Brien says it really eloquently in that symptoms will show up in wherever your weak links are. And he, mm -hmm. in his um, book, The Autoimmune Fix, he shares a story of a, a toddler, a young child who keeps having like a growth on its eye and they can't figure out why this growth keeps happening even though it gets removed. And it wasn't until they did testing to find that the child was extremely reactive to gluten, they removed the gluten and the eye growth stopped coming back. So that's just an example of how far removed it can be sometimes, right? Yeah. So back to your question, 
You know, I see clients, so definitely I think weight gain is a really common one, unexplained weight gain. Um, as I was mentioning, like mold toxicity can elevate estrogen in the body. And when we have elevated levels of estrogen, that can um, create weight or cause weight gain, be a contributing factor to weight gain. Definitely like adult acne or cystic acne kind of stuff. That's what I experience as well too. Um, autoimmune conditions, you know, we have to explore why autoimmune conditions are occurring in the body and an autoimmune condition is an expression of an overwhelmed immune system and that's what mold does and not that you know we want to jump to mold every single time as the cause but it is something that should be considered especially once you've exhausted all other possibilities and nothing is is moving the needle right mm -hmm. so other things that i see are like brain fog digestive issues because it does really wear down the intestinal lining in our immune system. Um, it also uh, puts us at higher risk or makes us a better host for bacterial overgrowth, parasites, yeast overgrowth within the digestive tract. So, you know, bloating, uh, bowel issues with your bowel movements could be another sign of that. Here are some, in some of the research studies, here are some key signs that I find fascinating or symptoms. And that like, I was kind of aware that they were happening, but I didn't know why at the time. So one is that you urinate really frequently because mm -hmm. your body is so overloaded with the toxins, it's trying to get rid of them. And that's interesting because that's also a sign of, um, you know, having high blood sugar, becoming diabetic too. So, you know, how does someone notice what the difference is? It, Right, exactly. Yeah. And insulin resistance stuff cor correlates highly with estrogen dominance also. So that would make sense. And so I was, I just thought I was drinking a, a lot of water because I drink, I'm, I do drink a lot of water, but having, and I was going to the bathroom, you know, urinating probably every hour. And now I drink the same amount of water, but I don't urinate as frequently. So it was like mm -hmm. hindsight 2020 you could see that. The other thing that's fascinating is that uh, it generates more like electricity. So you shock everything. Like if you notice that you're touching things and shocking, you know, getting that electrical shock frequently, that used to happen to me all the time. It doesn't happen to me anymore. Um, so those are some unique things that you wouldn't really think about, right? In terms of symptoms. Not at all. I've never heard about the shocking thing. Yeah, <laughs> right? That's really interesting. It's very fascinating. Um, you know, hormonal balances of all kinds, I would say too. And um, I think I mentioned brain fog probably mm -hmm. already as well. I do, you know, seasonal allergies or just allergies in general. I have a client that I'm working with right now and she's got some pretty like intense allergies to dust and other things. And what we're finding, what she just recently found was a bunch of water damage in her home. And what she notices is that when she leaves the home, so they just went through a process of remediation and cleaning up their house, but she went to Florida for the weekend and came back. And even though the house has been quote unquote cleaned and remediated, she instantly had her, you know, is having an intensified allergy response in the home mm -hmm. again. And so allergies, but allergies are also a mechanism of the immune system. So for me, like I've basically resolved my allergies that I had before that I mentioned earlier um, by fixing my immune system and reducing inflammation in my body. I don't get seasonal allergies or ear infections anymore myself. 
Um, so those are things that, those are some of the common stuff that I would say that I see with the clients that I work with. Wow. That is so helpful, especially as I think that we're seeing more of this too. Um, you know, seasonal allergies appear to be getting worse now, whether or not it's climate change or, uh, people are in aging buildings that have mold growing in them. There are a number of different factors that could relate to seasonal allergies, but having those have a sharp increase mm -hmm. like uh, you might've experienced, then that's really fascinating that by doing this remediation, by doing this immune system support, getting your body uh, back into uh, equilibrium, you are able to eliminate that. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the ways, you know, to assess if there is a possibility of mold and is to leave your home for an, you know, a period of time at a minimum of four days and see if you feel better and also assess how you feel upon reentry into the home. Do you feel that those symptoms come back, the brain fog, the fatigue, the allergy type of stuff? Mm -hmm. That's a pretty solid clue that there's something going on in your environment, whether it be mold or possibly a different type of toxin or something else um, that is making you feel that way. That's a great tip. Uh, let's talk a little bit about mold testing. So you had mold testing done on your house. And mm -hmm. I know that, of course, uh, there's mold testing that you could do uh, through lab work. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what kind of tests folks can do uh, through labs or through getting their home tested so that they could determine whether or not mold is an issue. Definitely. So having the professionals out can be a little costly. Uh, so I like to recommend starting with like a pre-screening test for your home. And two of the tests that I'll suggest is um, you can do what's called a microscopy test through immunolytics. And that's literally like they ship you some petri dishes. Um, you put the petri dishes out. It'll for an hour kind of collect any. Um, the petri dishes will collect dust and other particles out of the air. You seal them up, ship them into the lab, and then shortly thereafter, you get like a report from them about the mold that, that they found. And what they're doing is, you know, just like in science class, is like in a petri dish, the, they're looking for those organisms to proliferate, to grow. And so they'll actually send you back pictures of the petri dishes and you can see all the different colors of the things that are there. And, um, you know, there's a lot of pros to that. There's also some cons to that as well. The cons are, you know, the organisms has to, have to survive to the lab to proliferate and grow in order for them to be able to measure. So the other test that I like to recommend is called an ERMI test mm -hmm. um, through Mycometrics. And an ERMI test is like you get like a Swiffer dust cloth and you literally will dust surfaces of the home and then you send it in and the lab will assess it. And that's what's called the PCR test. So it doesn't, it's not reliant on the organisms being alive or not. It will pick up DNA particles basically. And one of the advantages to the ERMI test is then you can do something what's called, you can calculate what's called the Hertzme score. And the Hertzme score, because there are, there are a lot of different species of molds out there. And the Hertzme score basically takes a look at 
the most toxic molds and then what is the level of tox of those toxic molds to calculate the score and based upon that scoring range um, and then it will indicate if that situ if that mold situation is likely to to lead to what's called SIRS, which is uh, chronic inflammatory response syndrome. Mm -hmm. And so, the lower the score, the less likelihood. The higher the score, obviously, the higher the likelihood of that does um, of that is. So it's kind of, you know stool sample testing is the same. We have microscopy tests and PCR tests, and I tend to go first with a PCR test personally because there is. Um, kind of like lower margin of error, I guess I would say, because uh, it's not dependent on like a live culture. Mm -hmm. But um, if you get a negative back on that for some reason, and you still suspect that there is an issue, then I definitely suggest going with like, you know, microscopy type of test. And that, you know, you can do those for depending on how many places within the home, you know, that you want to do. I think it starts around a hundred or two hundred dollars for like one one space and then it's kind of cheaper to add on extra spaces um, versus when you have you know somebody come out to professionally test your house you're looking at a thousand dollars or more typically mm. for something like that so this is a good pre-screening tool great and what i'd love to do is get the links for those two tests if um to share in the show notes so mm -hmm. we'll plan on getting that Definitely. And I also have a three-part blog that I wrote about mold that's on my website where I link um, up all of these resources as well, too. And we'll put that uh, link in the show notes as well. For Perfect. Folks. That's good. Great. So then let's talk about testing yourself because then also yes. there's that aspect, right? And there's a couple ways that I like to approach this is one is you want to assess the whole body and kind of what's going on. So even if I suspect mold, there are some, some foundational tests that I like to run on everybody. One of them being a Dutch hormone and cortisol test, um, because we can actually see some mold type of profiles on there as well. Um, we can see, it'll help us to see if there's elevated estrogens, for example. Um, another maybe common clue with mold is sometimes low testosterone because mold can negatively impact something called um, MSH hormone, which then can negatively impact uh, testosterone. Mm. And so if we see that profile of like low testosterone, high estrogen, and then the person is, you know, aware of like water damage in their home or has, you know, some of the other clues, shocking urination type of stuff going on, that might be some insights about mold. But also on that test, we can see insights, valuable insights about liver function from the way the estrogen is being metabolized through the body. And so these are all the systems of the body that we need to support in order to recover from a mold exposure anyways. Mm -hmm. um, also, you get to see metabolized cortisol and cortisol patterns on there, which give indications about chronic stress and inflammation. So a clue about maybe a history of mold exposure, um, but ultimately too, you need to correct those patterns or those dysfunctions to fully support the body and be able to detoxify whatever the case might be. Uh, I love running a diagnostic solutions GI map stool sample test that's going to look at parasites, bacteria, yeast overgrowth. There's inflammatory markers on there. There's also a marker for anti-glidin, which is one of the wheat proteins. Mm. One of the things about mold too that I should have maybe mentioned as a symptom is that mold makes you hypersensitive to uh, glidin, to gluten basically. 
And so this is very true in this case of one of the clients that I'm working with that I just mentioned is that on her stool sample test, she has some of the highest anti-gliadin numbers I've ever seen from a client. And her inflammatory marker is through the roof. And her stool sample test was lit up like a Christmas tree. She had, she was flagged high for so many bacteria, yeast overgrowth, H. pylori, all kinds of things that are like, you go back and ask the question, you know, what makes her a good host for those things? It's what's dampening her immune system or impacting her like environmentally and lifestyle wise, right? That's caught like contributing to that. And then a food sensitivity test as well too. I love looking at like a Cyrex Area 10 for antibodies. Um, so we can see like a food sensitivity test is uh, kind of like gives you insights on how dysfunctional the immune system is and the digestive tract as well, because food sensitivities are a result of and a contributor to what we term leaky gut, which is basically an inflamed um, digestive system or dysfunctional digestive system. And so the food sensitivities can be a clue of like the uh, depth of kind of damage or destruction that's going on, but they're also a healing opportunity because when we can avoid those food sensitivities, it reduces the fuel to the inflammatory fire so the person can heal, right? Yeah. yeah. So those are some important components. When we talk about specific tests for mold, um, one of the pre-screening tools that I like to use is called the visual contrast screening test um, by Dr. Dr. Richie Shoemaker is one of the pioneers in the mold world. And this is a test that he uses. And the great thing about this test is it's only $15 and it can be done online and anybody can do it. So the downside is to it is it's not like all inclusive. So if, and this was my case, I tested um, negative for it. Like I passed it with flying colors, but I did have mold exposure. But if you have somebody test positive for it or negatively for it, then that warrants further investigation. And because of the cost of it, it's so cheap and so accessible. It's like, why would you not take this first step, basically? Um, now, you said it's a visual contrast screening test. So it's actually a visual image mm -hmm. that's on the screen that you're mm -hmm. testing if you see certain things. Is that right? Exactly. So it's, it's looking at um, how well are you able to pick up on color contrast? Ah, okay. Yeah, it's very interesting. And even if you, whether you pass it or you fail it, either way it gives you a score, which can then be used as a benchmark to monitor progress. So you can retake that test over time and um, be able to see improvements if there was a mold exposure, basically. So that's, again, it's a cheap kind of screening tool that we can utilize. And then uh, also I find what's important is doing a, what's called a Marcon's nasal swab test. Mm -hmm. And MARCONS is an acronym for multiple antibiotic resistant coagulants. Um, and it's basically a fancy term for like, you know, do you have biotoxins in your, uh, in your nose? <laughs> mold, do you have mold growing in your nose, which is retoxifying the body? And you would have mold in your nose from being exposed to mold. And yeah. then that mold, just like yeast can grow in the intestinal tract, it kind of, you know, grows in the nasal cavities and then you're re it creates biofilms and all kinds of things that are toxic to the body, basically. So we would want to address that if that was happening. And then in terms of other testing, I find that people kind of go two routes and there's pros and cons to each of them. So there's 
um, a mycotoxins test, which is mm -hmm. like Great Plains runs a mycotoxins test. It's a urine test. It's really easy to do. Uh, it screens to see if you're eliminating mold through the urine. So that can be a tool to assess mold exposure. So the downside of it is that the mold exposure could have been old. It doesn't have to be right now necessarily. Um, so we still want to consider that, like explore if there's a current mold exposure. And then the other one is called a SIRS test. And SIRS stands for Chronic Inflammatory Response Syndrome. And this is a blood test. And this actually looks at what mold does is it creates this chronic inflammatory response syndrome where it's messing with some of the hormones like TGF beta one and VEGF and MSH. Like I said earlier, there's a couple others too. The slippery slope with this test or the tricky part is that it's a blood test um, and it's very hard to obtain sometimes and it's not typically covered by insurance and it can be fairly pricey. Um, and it's very, it's sometimes it could be, the reason that it can be hard to obtain is because the samples have to be shipped out for evaluation and they have to be shipped out with dry ice. So like your typical lab core um, or other type of laboratory, not all of them have the capability to ship samples out with dry ice. So I was going to my local hospital here in San Diego to get that done. But even so, I had to be very educated about the, the tests that I was requesting to be ordered because it is not a common test for them and they had no idea what these markers were like we were literally sitting at the computer together like looking at the search thing and she's asking me is this the right one and we're looking at the description and making sure that we had the right ones and even sometimes they would get them wrong so um, that one's just a little bit trickier but I think in more severe type of mold cases that is a very helpful test to have because then you can measure the chronic inflammatory response and you can measure the improvement over time. Like I was able to see my numbers improve as my body healed. And once we got rid of the mold and I did all the work to support my body in that process. This is incredibly helpful. Thanks for running through all those different options for people to mm -hmm. really explore um, with their health professional uh, practitioner or um, uh, you know, a functional health coach, as mm -hmm. the case may be, extremely helpful. And let's talk a little bit about the detoxing process. So say, you know, there is mycotoxins in a body that's been tested. Um, maybe there's mold in the home. Maybe there isn't, but say you just have to detox from these mycotoxins. What mm -hmm. is a good process, a general process to follow. Understanding, of course, everyone is going to be a little bit different and depending on the severity of their case. Mm -hmm. So my approach really is a holistic approach hence my brand, The Holistic Health Boss, is empowering the whole body naturally. And I find, I love that you asked this question, Jessica, because I find that this is where detox goes wrong, is that people really focus on the detox part and they don't focus on supporting the rest of the body. And in order for us to be able to properly detox, the hormones need to be online. So like our cortisol patterns, our HPA access and function needs to be supported and running optimally. We need to be getting good sleep in order to properly detox. And then also the digestive system um, needs to be supported as well because 
we eliminate toxins through the digestive system. So if you've got a weakened mucosal barrier and now you're sending more toxins through it for elimination, you're just destroying it even more and it's gonna cause more problems down the road. So when I work with clients, we go through that approach. Like they, we, first of all, we address all aspects of the lifestyle to support the body. So diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, supplementation and toxin removal. And when we talk specifically about the supplementation aspect of it, it's a phasing in. So I always start with digestion support and repair. Let's strengthen the digestive system. Let's optimize nutrient absorption. And then we move into supporting the hormones, sleep, and general health purposes. So, you know, taking like an, um, an adaptogenic herb for cortisol, balance minerals because yeast and mold will strip the body of minerals too. So it's important to supplement with those and other things that they might need based on the lab testing that we do. And then we move into detoxification. And when we talk specifically about mold there, I would say that there are two supplements in particularly that are extremely critical in the process. And one is glutathione, like a liposomal glutathione. And then two is having a binder and your typical binders of like charcoal and bentonite clay typically aren't strong enough. Um, so you want a more powerful binder. One of my favorites is uh, from biobotanical research. Uh, GI detox is what it's called. And it's got a couple other binding agents in there that have shown to be effective with extracting the mycotoxins out of the body um, and very helpful with that too. And then along with that in detoxification, I always have people taking a liver support supplement, something with milk thistle, dandelion root. Um, I really love integrative therapeutics, their liver support too for that. And then I have them take a multivitamin, a really good high quality multivitamin that covers all the other bases to make sure that the detoxification system is supported. And my favorite a multivitamin is from Thorne Research. It's called uh, Basic Detox Nutrients because it's a multivitamin that also has extra liver support and antioxidants that they'll get throughout the day outside of just that one once a day liver support that they're taking. Um, and then I have them participate in other activities that support the immune, the detox process naturally. I'm sure you talk about these things too, like infrared saunas, castor oil packs, dry body uh, brushing. I have them even do them do some liver flushes if I think that their body can um, is is capable of handling that as well. All great things. Yes, I've talked probably a little bit too much about my favorite uh, detoxing therapy, saunas. I love saunas. Mm -hmm. They're definitely my favorite. Um, and dry brushing as well. Thank you for uh, walking us through uh, that process that you take your clients through. I think that's incredibly helpful. And I think that people do sometimes jump straight to detoxing when first they might need to focus on other mm -hmm. um, parts of their health, especially the digestive system, as you pointed out, and looking at the adrenal system as well. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I find, you know, this is where people will say, well, I tried a candida cleanse or I tried something and I felt awful doing it because they didn't support the other systems of the body. So we really want to lay the foundation. And even when you lay the foundation, 
it is, it's very, um, it's likely that you could have detox symptoms or Herxheimer's as we call it. And the way that I explain that is think of it like a traffic jam. You know, we want, normally traffic is flowing regularly and, and eliminating that's the toxins getting moved out of the body. But occasionally as you're driving down the freeway, like you're going to have go from like a three or a four lane highway down to a two lane highway, mm-hmm. or it's more cars are on the road. There's more toxins that are being eliminated. And that is our, you know, our, the, the system kind of gets backed up and then you can have these detox reactions, but we can do our best to prevent those by making sure that the other systems of the body are supported. It's like having, it's like, you know, inserting multiple off ramps or adding more lanes to the freeway for things to move and flow kind of freely. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that analogy. (laughs) Thank you for that. That's a great analogy. Um, Lovely. Well, you've mentioned, you've mentioned so many things. I know I'm going to include them in the show notes as well so that people could quickly reference them and click on them if they'd like. And you had also mentioned that you have a three-part series on your blog as well, filled with all of the information that we just went through today. And so that'll be a great place for people to go if they want to get a really good recap of this or Mm -hmm. to save it in their health files. Uh, for future reference. I think that's incredibly helpful. And uh, you can also find uh, Jen on her website at holistichealthboss.com. And I believe your Instagram is the same. Is that right? Yes. And Facebook, both the same. And Facebook is the same. That's wonderful. you know, thank you so much for joining me today, Jen. This was really educational, extremely helpful. And I really hope that this helps someone out there who is suffering from these symptoms, maybe suspects that it's a mold or mycotoxin exposure and helps them to move through this healing process. Same here, because that was my experience. It's like, it took, you know, it took me a while to put the pieces together. And once I did that, I found more, you know, just in conversation that I wasn't the only one and it made sense. And so I hope that our conversation today definitely helps somebody that might be out there looking for answers or struggling too. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much again for being here today. This concludes another episode of Detox for Vibrant Health. Have you been struggling with achieving your vibrant health? The most successful women always know when to ask for help. That's what I'm here for. So book a chat with me. The link is in the show notes.